0: Hey you guys, this is Gino. Doing episode 2 of my podcast, currently calling it The Last Word W E R D cuz I'm quirky like that and I I'm quirky with my spelling. I don't I don't spell a word with an O. I spell a word with an E like nobody before me ever has. Anyway, that's stupid. Uh like a lot of people before me have. Um I uh, wanted to talk about two things today. I'm just going to let you know up top. Okay, three things. Two and a half things, I'll say. Uh, We have an epilogue to the Tony Hinchcliffe uh, saga that uh, only comics care about. Tony Hinchcliffe is comic famous. He's not, like, world famous. Uh, I don't talk to people who follow comedy and they know right away who Tony Hinchcliffe is. You talk to comics and they know who Tony Hinchcliffe is. Uh, And uh, I watched Cruella. That's very important to talk about. It's a Disney movie, okay? It's one of the villain prequels that, you know, there have been more of them. Uh, I'm going to talk about the difficulties in that. I love movies, you know? And um, I secretly love Disney, but I don't love paying for Disney, so I'm not one of these fanatics that live in Southern California and just have an annual pass and meet their friends at Disneyland. I'm not one of those people. But, I mean, art, art to me and music and Disney encompasses all of that, is magic. That's the closest thing to magic that we have in our lives. So I'll be talking about that for a second. And, you know, I try not to make these too long. Uh, Definitely not more than a half hour, because I don't want to talk for more than a half hour. I definitely don't want to listen to anybody for more than a half hour. But that's my business. Maybe you do. That's, hey, that's totally cool. You're driving. You're driving somewhere. You got time to kill. You're like, hey, let's listen to somebody talk. We might agree with, might provoke some thought or it might just you know chase away the bad thoughts you know we hate to hear ourselves think and sometimes that's a good thing you know maybe sometimes we don't need to hear all the shit that crops up uh, yesterday I, I don't smoke very often oh the third thing I'll be talking about is conspiracy theories ooh people love talking about conspiracy theories but you'll probably get annoyed when I talk about conspiracy theories because I fucking hate conspiracy theorists and I'll get into that um tony hinchcliffe and by the way when i talk about i i don't want to close out with conspiracy theories because i'm gonna i'm just gonna warn you i'm gonna get i'm gonna get preachy in my own way you know that's because okay so you know we'll save that for when when i run out of the other things to talk about and we're on that uh so tony hinchcliffe is back so congratulations to him um, I I have to be honest, I'm not 100% sure how I feel about that because what he did was hate speech. Okay, I'm going to I'm going to also say this. I didn't hear the entire set. So if at some point he really, you know, brought it back around, I'm not aware of it. But having heard his set just a couple of other times, he's not a person who typically brings the joke around to release the tension. And, you know, make you glad he said the horrible things he said. He's not like an Anthony Jeselnik who just like, oh, but it was a joke and it was hilarious. Typically, I don't know. I didn't watch or listen to the entire set. I just know that he just went on like a two minute, like racist rant or whatever. And uh, like I said, I I really don't understand how it's constructive to take away someone's entire livelihood, you know? And even some people who uh, claim not to be so woke, and woke has become a bad word. You know, when it first came around, I thought, oh, uh, that's cool. That's cool. People are being a little more socially conscious. And now it's this horrible four-letter word. And I fucking hate Anyway, I think I've talked a little bit about that. So one thing I, I don't think I mentioned last time I was talking about Tony, that um, the dude has created a lot of jobs you know i mean relative to like w- how many jobs one person can create by himself and with the uh, the tools he was he had available to him at the comedy store the platform he was given i mean he launched he he launched some legitimate careers there are people who have careers now because of him and because of the way he runs his show and uh whether it's out of the generosity of his heart or whether it's because he understands what it is to build an institution, a self-sustaining institution, uh, that opportunism—that I believe I have—and I hope that I would be able to recognize those opportunities when they come my way. Uh, you know, it's it's almost irrelevant because a lot of people owe their careers and where they are kind of in life to him. It's it requires uh, no small amount of luck to be successful as a stand-up comedian. Or anywhere in the entertainment industry, and he and meeting him is part of that luck being in his orbit in his vicinity, uh having him recognize you as talent, you know he's basically like a casting agent for a movie that never happens, but you know he'd give you recognition he'd give you name recognition, so people decide that you're a draw, people like jeremiah Watkins uh david lucas uh and uh, Dave, no, uh, some Montgomery, uh, William Montgomery. Anyway, a good handful of people. Really, you know, he's created jobs. It's important. It's important to recognize that he's created this industry and that it's it's been a machine. And, you know, and so he in his comedy he's thoughtless, and I hesitate to even call it comedy all the time. It's really kind of him ranting on stage for about fifteen minutes at a time. Uh, maybe he's gotten better, maybe he works more on the jokes, but for what I've seen, I haven't really seen him do jokes. I haven't seen him very often, so I can't have a hard opinion on him, but I can, uh, I wouldn't see in the near future that somebody would give him, like, a stand-up special anytime really soon, you know? So, but he's back, uh, and I just hope that, I hope that someone like him, because he, okay, outside of everything I just said about, uh, creating opportunities, creating jobs, launching careers. I mean, he's known as a negative person, you know, as a toxic person to kind of be around, you know. So, uh nobody that I know who knows him has ever said a bad word about him. So I'll say that. But being outside of that particular orbit, you kind of get nothing but venom from a guy like Tony. So, that's that's all i know about it and and so it's it was like i said not surprising you know when you see him up there doing a two-minute racist rant and like i said i don't believe that he actually is racist but i just you know he's he likes to say mean shit i think is really what it is that's why he's a good roaster he is a great roaster when he sits down and write jokes those jokes are incredible or when he knows people i mean it's fucking hilarious but yeah anyway so that's that he's back I hope that he's not so outwardly toxic because I I don't know um I don't know if a person like him does or does not understand. He does seem like an intelligent person when I hear him talk and he gets a little bit thoughtful. He seems like a person who has a process. He thinks, you know, and that he would understand that especially in a place like Texas or around those kinds of parts even though it is Austin, but not too far from Austin is just Texas, you know um, that people really take that fuel and say, yeah, yeah, fuck that fucking, you know, insert slur, racial slur here, you know, and fuck those, you know, who the fuck do they think they are, and you know, anyway, so, yeah, I, I'm glad that he's back, I hope that people learn something, become better people, become better models, but, you know, how much influence does he have in the first place, so, is enough influence to launch a few careers, I hope so. Enough influence to launch a few more. Hey, maybe even yours truly. Who the fuck knows? Um, okay, so talked about that. I said I wouldn't talk about it much, and I think I kind of did. So, whatever. Uh, sh- I, dr- I have to fuck with my cadences, man. My vocal cadences. I drone, I think. I don't know. If people listen to this, let me know uh i want to mention i hope i remember to mention at the end of this episode uh if you ever want to be a guest on my podcast if you want to cast pod with me cast pod with gino the broski i've never called myself that before in my life just reach out to me reach reach out to me on instagram reach out to me on anchor whatever (coughs) excuse me and uh yeah dude love to have you on love to talk love to chat with people and if i don't like you then i probably just won't even respond but Likely, I'll rather have you on than not, you know? Most of the people I keep around me I like. I don't surround myself, but with people I don't like, if you're in my vicinity, chances are I probably like you. Uh, And uh, we'll have a good podcast because I love hanging out with people. And what else is a podcast except for talking about shit and hanging out with people and having other people listen to it. And I love listening to comics talk. I hope other people also love listening to comics talk as much as I do. And I am a comic and I would probably only be talking to, if not another comic, someone who has what I call the soul of a comic. And that is they see the ridiculousness in themselves and in the world around them. And we can talk about that. Anyway, talked about that, said that. I watched Cruella. I wa- First, let me say, I got high yesterday and I watched Cruella. And it's not the way... So I did a gig at a... And I wouldn't call it a show. I did a gig at a the tur uh, at this weed market i don't want to say its name because i mean uh, it was a great place i want to say like it was a little and it was in the hood like and i just want to say the hood's getting woke and it's not in a bad way like i lived in the hood for like a second when i was a kid until i was seven you know just enough to like hear fireworks and not be excited you know be like cautious when i hear a boom in the sky where i've I see my girlfriend, she hears a boom and she's like, oh, where are the fireworks? And I hear a boom and I'm like, is that a gun? You know, I lived in the hood long enough for that, to have that reaction in me. Uh, and this is, it's, I mean, it's still scary a little bit, but you see a positivity in the hood that was not there when I was a child, was not there when I was a kid. I saw people biking through the streets, all wearing the same shirt. That's, that looks like positivity to me. I don't know exactly what they were doing. It looked like, it looked like they were doing some kind of church service or something. They, they were following, like, a wagon with roses and, like, religious stuff written in Spanish or whatever. And there are people following them along and, like, I think Volkswagen buses honking. And I'm like, oh, someone's pissed. Someone's honking. I'm like, no, they're supporting. This is, I haven't seen this. And this was literally about just a few miles from where I grew up. It's the fucking hood, you know, like... There are no songs about Bell because Bell, you just don't, it's not even an afterthought. People pass through Bell and they're like, I'm glad I didn't have to stay there. That's where I lived when I was a kid until I was about seven. So that's where I did this gig <clears throat> at a weed market. It, it kind of looked like the best garage I've ever been in. You know what? I've been in some pretty good garages. We'll call it, it was in a good garage, you know? There were plants that looked like there might be a second story, and there was a washer-dryer on top of each other. And then there were just these giant bags of weed, just open, just open. And to which I was thinking, "Uh, that weed's going to get stale, man. You're going to leave it open all day like that. But, you know, just pounds and pounds of weed out there and wax and and, uh, syringes full of THC and CBD, whatever, oil. And there were just a few mushrooms, and I did end up with just a few mushrooms. It was fucking great. I was vocal about it. So I did this gig. It's like I said, I wouldn't call it a show because once I got there and I started performing, people didn't stop what they were doing. I gave myself, like, an like they introduced me and, like, nobody batted an eye. Everyone was still kind of just... It was a small place, too. It wasn't like a big outdoor area. It was like a garage. It was a garage. Like an emptied out, full... It it maybe you could fit like four cars in this garage. So it was big enough to have like a little marketplace. But still very much a garage, you know? Still very much indoors and uh and people didn't stop what they were doing, so I the guy introduced me and nobody stopped anything, and so I introduced myself a second time, just a little bit louder. They're like, hey everybody, you know, how you doing it? which is kind of not characteristic of me, but I'm just like, alright, I I need to Beg for these people's attention. This is what doing outdoor shows has taught me. Which I think, you know, doing comedy during the pandemic, we've been training with weights on. So there's that. You know, we have everything's a mixed bag all the time. You know, you got to recognize the opportunity and in, in the the things that uh, are the opposite of that. Uh, I just have to mention that my girlfriend walked by me and she's been working her butt out and it looks incredible right now. I just wanted to slap it, but I didn't want to interrupt the podcast. But here I am interrupting the podcast to talk about my girlfriend's ass. It looks incredible. I think it's, I don't know, it's great. Uh, <laughs> so I'm at this market. I'm begging. So I'm. Just, hey, how are we doing? And everyone like uh, there's a real quick like whoo, like faint and like quickly dissipating woo. And I can see like so. I just start telling my jokes, and uh, it's kind of hard. It's, I don't say it's hard to stay on your game, but it's easy to slip up when like people are sort of not paying attention to you i don't know how like if if you're a comedian you know like when people aren't paying attention to you you're like okay well i just have to do this like like this like a podcast like i'm just talking into a phone and i don't know if i've mentioned before i have zero equipment i'm just talking into my phone i'm sorry if it sounds horrible it's an iphone it's as good as it can be without being an actual setup you know where i spend the money and clamp it down to so to a table and all that shit <clears throat> Anyway, so I'm doing the set. Uh, I'm getting some laughs. Uh, I'm locking eyes with people, uh, and and but the people who are paying attention aren't the customers. It's the people working the tables, and so I I can get like a few people to pay attention, like two just me at a time. They seem to be laughing, smiling. I'm working hard for the laughs, and I'm getting them. Uh, and then, but then they have to get back to work. So they have to attend to their customers stuff. The customers could give a shit. I got like two of them surrounding me and then they felt like they were going to be rude to pass by. And I'm like, I don't want to hold you hostage for this 15, 15. It's a 10 to 25 minute set. I did 15 because at the end of 15, I probably had a couple more bits that I could have done. But I like when you're not engaged with the audience like that, you just kind of like you forget, you know, because it's it's stressful. And so that part of your brain that relaxes and, and can just do its thing kind of goes away. I'm sure some of you know. So afterward, you know, what? they were really positive, you know, uh, I finished my set and they were all just like, hey, thank you. That was really great. <clears throat> and it's like, it's like I had to be patient and like wait for the laughs to come after I was done with my set. And uh, so the, they heard me talking about them. I brought up the mushrooms a few times because I saw they had like a few different strains. I didn't even know they were different strains of mushrooms. I didn't know that was a thing. And uh, this guy just handed me like a bag of like a quarter ounce of mushrooms. And then another guy let me pick out like about an eighth of mushrooms for like 10 bucks it was fucking fantastic and they gave me a goodie bag and they paid me 40 bucks which is like for me still kind of unheard of i don't get paid for my gigs i'm just glad to do shows and be able to work my material in front of people who are not comics i'm i'm grateful for just that so anyway so i had this smoke I, i just i said all that just to let you know that i had a bunch of flour weed because i usually just do edibles And, uh, I just thought, you know what? Okay. This is a rare occasion. I don't usually smoke. Um, but I have all this different crazy weed and I noticed there was just a little bit of weed, like in a tiny little, like jar, like a teeny tiny jar. It looked like, look like you could have had like crack cocaine in there or something like that. And right in my head, I thought, I bet you there's wax in this. And there was. I split open the weed and it was like a caramelly sort of texture. And so I made sure to be really careful and just hit a tiny bit of that. Because I've never dabbed before. I hit one joint with wax in it once and it had made me paranoid for two hours and it was awful. So I, I mixed that with some other uh, smelled to be weaker weed. And So anyway, I got super high, <clears throat> which made me super paranoid. And I went out to watch Cruella is what I said. All that to let you know. I went out to watch Cruella. And it was like, I, you know. Disney. I mean, <clears throat> I mean, I bet the people who grow up like ten years from now or so are gonna have like great memories of like the Mary Poppins sequel, which was fucking awful. If you watch the uh, the original Mary Poppins and you see the sequel, you're like, dude, why do I give a shit about any of these characters? This dad is a fucking pipsqueak. And I just see that <clears throat> if you pay attention to older Disney movies. And this is, like, it's not, like, because, like, I'm grown up. Like, these movies were older when I was a kid. When I was a kid, these, you know, these movies were, like, from the 1940s, 50s, 60s. You know, they were already, like, old-ass, like, two generations ago type of movies. But they were just so artistically fucking fantastic, you know? And this movie was artistically, visually. Visually, every, every frame is its own, like, work of art, visual art. But that... Acting is fucking horrible. The acting was just fucking. I mean, it's so overdone. It's so over the top. And they're like, Disney is supposed to be this, like, trifecta of all the art forms in one fucking thing. You have visual art, you have maybe some dancing, you have music, you have just everything there. You have chore- choreography, whether it's live action or cartoon. There's going to be some choreography like. it's just, like, all this had was visual, like, it was visually stunning, and I knew I was going to have that, so I thought, okay, so if I go to this movie really high, I will at least enjoy all the visual stuff, and maybe, who knows, it'll be a good movie, and some parts of it were, because Emma Stone, who I think now is Emma Thompson, uh, or maybe there was just, maybe the other actress was also Emma, and it was just Thompson, but the person who I know to be Emma Stone, okay, is just a she has all of that she can sing she can dance she can act she did an incredible job my mom raised me gay i i have a whole bit about that so i was raised with musicals and like i was a music major for like a minute in college like i really appreciate all this stuff i'm a sucker for choreography anywhere if something is shitty and it has choreographed dance i will automatically love it even if the rest of it fucking sucks Like West Side Story, I don't like that movie at all, but it's got choreographed dance in it. Fuck, I'm in, you know? So uh, it's just shitty act. Like, I could see why people who aren't already stars, people who aren't already Emma Stone, They do these movies. It seems like a fantastic opportunity for them, and then they never get famous from it because these newer Disney movies just don't give them any room to flourish as artists. It's just overacted. It's painstakingly done. Like there's, I was I showed because I showed my girlfriend. I'm like, cause she kind of I love it. She didn't like watch movies growing up. Like she didn't really didn't have. She really kept to herself and just did her own art. So she's like, I get to introduce her to like, not just the things that I like, but it's like I get to introduce her to culture. Like she's been in like incubating as an alien her entire life. I mean, don't get me wrong. She's fantastic, you know, hilarious and a great artist, but I get to show her all these things. So I, I showed her the old, I think it's like 1950s 101 Dalmatians. And so I told her how, okay, this is. Over the top acting painstakingly like you can tell these people don't trust their audience. Excuse me, I'm going to take a sw- swig of water and there's going to be some dead air for a second. I can see why it's definitely better to have at least another person on this podcast because... I am tired of talking, and I still have a whole nother subject to hit. Anyway, and uh, so you see this cartoon, which is clearly meant for kids. There are all these nuanced pauses, and it's really dry. And I don't know why Disney is an American phenomenon, but they love to have their <clears throat> excuse me, they love to have their uh, stuff, their movies and their stories set in Britain, in Britain, in British stuff. You know and it could be that the story is often i don't know if there's an original story for 101 dalmatians or if it's a disney original usually they kind of take them from fairy tales but there's not much fairy about this and even when they did the remake the the millennial the millennium whatever 2000 something remake of 101 dalmatians like they took out the entire element that like the dogs are the main characters and they talk and shit like they took all that out anyway they just It just seems like Disney trusts their audience less and less and they just need to broadcast all their punches. And you see the old one and it's just like, it's very like, yeah, like I said, nuanced and dry. And they're, you know, it it doesn't need this constant motion and this constant over-the-top action. You know, it's not zany. It's not wonky. You know, I mean, the pill that you swallow is that the dogs talk, but everything else is pretty like sensible in that, you know, in that universe so anyway this doesn't have any of that and also the another big problem that they have with these like villain backstories is you want to love the main character of the story but you also need to maintain that this is a villain so you need to make a justifiable story and so um i've never seen devil wears prada i saw like the first parts of it and from what i understand like the girl who was innocent becomes a villain or something you know what i'm gonna watch it just for the purposes of comparison because i love movies that much that i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure this was just disney does the devil wears prada is what it seems like she's a fashionista which is a smart thing it's like okay if we're gonna examine this character what is she she's a fashionista um let's explain that hair the hair is maybe the hair is why everybody hated her that's why she's mean okay that could be a thing you know and um why does does she have it out specifically for dalmatians or is she just cruel well both you know okay so those those things make sense but how are we going to maintain that this is a villain and that you shouldn't empathize with her and still somehow kind of make her likable and they never really reconciled that you know like the joker movie went through a lot but it's not disney and it was dismal and it was a bummer in the end so Once they got over the hump of we're not going to try to make this person likable anymore and they just decided toward the end of the movie that this is a story about a villain, it was kind of more fun to watch, but it was a long road getting there and it was kind of fucking tea. It's a two hour and 20 minute movie. Also, not every movie needs to be so fucking long and epic, you know, like they could have really just tightened it up and it would have been great and just accept the fact, excuse me, that they're not going to reconcile this thing. It's a villain. It's a villain movie. You decided to do a villain movie. I would love to see Wicked for that reason. I told you I was raised gay, man. I don't mind watching all this shit. It's got poppy music. If I can see Kristen Chenoweth doing the the fucking Witch of the North, I will watch. Because I would love to do stories like this too. I I love prequels. You know, yeah, let's get creative with it. Let's explore the universe of something, you know. We loved this movie. But, you know, if you're going to, like, do make it a labor of love, you know. I understand that Disney it's not even so much that they don't trust their audience but that they don't give their artists the room that they used to. And I got that a little bit from like the interviews with Danny Elfman when he was doing The Alice in Wonderland. But he still did another one and both of them fucking sucked. I mean, unless you have like an original twist to put on this thing, why do it anyway? So, um didn't like it. I mean, didn't love it. It was alright. It was fun to watch. Wouldn't watch it again. Wouldn't recommend it to anybody. Cruella. Uh, weren't any songs. Emma Stone has, is a great dancer. Wonderful voice. Didn't use her for any of that. Didn't create any songs. There were songs in the original. There's, so, there's supposed to be songs in Disney movies. you know. Uh, but, you know, it's fine if they do one without them. But it's just overall, over the top. Zany, wonky. Uh, stylistically great. But that's pretty much it. And okay, so I guess that's as much as I'm going to talk about Cruella. Um, hard stop. Hard transition. Uh, conspiracy theories. Okay. <clears throat> so, there. <laughs> this is weird going from Cruella and Disney, but this is just something I was thinking about, and I've probably talked enough. I'm going on about twenty seven minutes now, but I this is something that's just like really like pressing on my mind right now. Dude, the real conspiracy is it's more expensive to be poor. Like, fuck all your. If you feel like you know a conspiracy and you know the ins and outs of it, and all your research has been done on YouTube, go fuck yourself. Like, hard. Bend your dick or stretch your clit out, whatever it is you need to do to shove it in your ass and just rock back and forth and go fuck yourself. You know what I'm saying? There are real conspiracies happening and it's like how is, how is it not enough that like if you want to live near where work is, it costs more. Oh, you want to live near where work is, it's going to – or if it doesn't cost you more money, it's going to cost you more time because you're going to live an hour away and you're going to spend a minimum of two hours a day getting to and from a place where you spend eight hours a day and that's ten hours of your day. And how much do you think there is left of you after that? 10 hours a day just fucking just banging the drum you know what i mean just just fucking pounding the pavement doing whatever it is that you do it's it's bullshit you know so what's what happened in my apartment complex we live in basically a tenement it's a teeny tiny apartment and all of a sudden it's illegal to park on half of my street and our roommates have the parking pass so There are three people allowed on the lease in this apartment, and there's one parking pass. That makes zero sense. And here's how fucking stupid it is. Because supposedly we live in a one-bedroom apartment, but they allow three people on the lease. And that just lets you know that they know this is fucking way too expensive for one person or one couple to afford. You need to split it between at least three people. For it to be affordable to live in this fucking tiny little dump. You know what I mean? It's, it's fucking, and the place has never been renovated. The fucking, this is how bad it is. The rug is brown, it's brown shag. And for that reason, during summer, the roaches come. And you can't see them because they're the same color as the rug. It's roach brown. That's what it is. So it's, it's yeah, that it's like that. And so the only thing that I have is that it's next to my work. And there's pl- and parking has been plentiful up until like two weeks ago. now I'm like a hundred dollars deep in parking tickets every fucking night it's a fucking stressful thing where the fucking I can't leave the apartment It's like I have a curfew that and that's how is that not it's clearly to me it's clearly because I've heard other people complaining about the same thing recently. The cities are um finding different ways to just like recoup their losses from the pandemic so they're just like they're starting to squeeze us you know and this is like okay so how hard are they gonna squeeze because they could do anything they can make anything illegal at any time right if all of a sudden i can't all of a sudden it's illegal to park on my own street where i live what else can be illegal that i just have to do every day you know that's a fucking conspiracy okay to keep you it's more expensive to be poor think about it it's more expensive to be poor. You have a higher interest rate. That makes no sense. So you need, in order to exist, you need to borrow money. Because life is more expensive than you get paid. And, and if you, because for a large portion of my life, I did not engage in credit cards or any kind of borrowing money. I bought fucking like these uh, <coughs> salvaged cars outright for like a few thousand dollars. You know, zero debt. And then so I went to go buy a car and they're like you have no credit, you can't buy a car. I'm like, what do you mean? I don't owe any money. They're like, exactly, you need to owe money. That's bullshit. And so like since since you have zero credit, we're going to give you this fucking ridiculous interest rate. So you get it's basically like you're buying the car about 3 or 4 times buying this fucking car, which you already can't afford. That's why you have to take payments out on it and take a loan just to get the original. You know, it's fucking ridiculous it's more it's more expensive to be poor and so you're you're kept in this fucking you know you're kept at your level how is that not a conspiracy that like all levels of society are in on and you go and tell me the fucking let's talk about your fucking conspiracies the jeffrey epstein all right so jeffrey epstein's dead angelaine maxwell whatever i don't know exactly what happened with her but that's where the conversation ends we're never worried about the 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 people the children or whatever who were being fucked on Jeffrey Epstein's island were just that just never got brought up that never entered the radar there was just one person and I'm sure that's the end of it I'm sure that was the end of it right he's and he was a mastermind and it was his idea and it started and ended with him you know and that they're like oh well you know Tom Hanks is you know eating the pineal glands of children that's okay you're just OK, if that's true, Tom Hanks isn't getting very much benefit because Tom Hanks looks his age, you know, I've taught. Talk- and for me, what what these conspiracy theories are, it's a cop out. It's a cop out because you can do something about you can you can do something about the problems like what I'm talking about, um, you know, the rent's fucking too high at the place where you work. We You can do something about that. You could be, it takes work and time and effort, but you can get in the middle of that and get in front of something and fix a problem or like, you know, like I'm thinking about what it's going to take to like make it legal to park on my street. Otherwise I have to fucking move. I'm not going to fucking live in this condition. You know, there's other places that cost exactly the same amount of this place and I'm not going to have to worry about where to park every single night. And our lease is almost up. So <clears throat> That and but instead of it you can talk about these larger than life things that you could never move the needle on and you can bitch about them and feel like you did something because you bitched or you went on the internet or something, and you argued with somebody, whatever. Go fuck yourself. Anyway, that's what I have to say about that. Uh don't wanna end on a downer like that. What can I talk about just real quick, just just so I can I can end on uh, on an up note. Just don't be that guy. Just don't be that woman, whatever. Um, There's someone who's a comic, quote unquote, because I don't really see her at mics and I don't really see her telling jokes. But she's a comic. She calls herself a comic. And uh, I remember she posted this meme one day. And it's like someone just banging really loud on a drum or just being loud. And she's like, that's me. Uh, and all my friends telling me to shut up but I won't until all the pedophiles are put away and right away I'm like I'll just just settle for you putting one pedophile away because she's a conspiracy theorist well I will settle for all the noise you make to make the difference of one person being put away but you won't shut up until they're all put away why why don't you work on just one or solve one mystery or whatever it is you do in your conspiracy theory Scooby-Doo van Anyway, I hate when I end up all angry like this and shit. Um, let's take a moment to go back to um, musicals and stuff. Um, I just want to say that to me this is just this is just me trying to end on an up note okay that to me that is the music of that, the, that is the magic of life and that's why at my show that I do monthly in downtown Santa Ana, I have music there. I just want it to be an experience for everybody, you know. I just want, I want everyone to walk away with a feeling. That's how I want a show to be when I go to watch a show. It starts out, it ends with this awesome feeling. In between, you have these excellent comics, and the shows are only getting better. I'm so excited for uh, the June lineup. The June lineup is going to be so fire. So, if you're listening, uh, follow me at Green Room Comedy on Instagram uh subscribe to this podcast let me know if you want to be on the podcast and uh give me a break from talking because i've been talking for 35 minutes it's two in the morning now because this is the only time of day night slash whatever that i set aside to uh to make content and to to be present to all you people that i love and uh i get to i get to see and sometimes i feel horrible about myself and then i go to a show or a mic and i see everybody out there and and everything's just it's different you know like i go in there feeling horrible and i come out and i'm like hey you know what i get to i get to do these things and it's fucking great um, i got my water jug if you know me you know that it's signature for me to have it next to me it's next to me right now uh, and it will be next to me if you uh, do this podcast with me. I don't know how I'm ending this right now. I'm just talking in circles, trying to be positive. And uh, I saw my water jug, so I mentioned it. But yeah, if you want to be on the podcast, let me know. If not, listen up, subscribe. Uh, follow me at bad motherfucking named Gino on Instagram if you're not already, at Green Room Comedy. Uh, that's the business account. Come to the shows, come to the mic. We have a great time. Follow comedians, support live comedy. Thank you for joining me. And uh, I'll see you uh, next episode where I will have other things to talk about. All right. Peace out, brothers and sisters.